Aloha, how's it? What's good, y'all? It's your brother from another mother. It is the soul brother. March the 21st, 2023. On my lunch break. Feeling energized, energetic. Let's get it. The name of this one. Close the past to begin your future. Because a lot of y'all are struggling with this. I know there's times that I do as well. So let me help you through that. Let me get you to a point in your life and existence where you can let everything of the past just fall by the wayside and move on and live in the present and look forward to the future that's on the horizon because we all deserve happiness. There's not one there person that doesn't. And um, we can get so bogged down and just locked into just things that have happened to us in the past, you know. So we've all done it, present company included. So I'm going to kind of share some things with you on, you know, on things that I've been through, how I got through it, and basically where I'm at now and where I'm going. And hopefully, you know, that'll help you. That'll Hopefully it'll uh, help you uh, to find something in there that uh, you can use. Because friends, let me tell you, it's life is not easy. Everyone thinks that uh, life is supposed to be fun, easy. Yeah, I mean, when you're young and you're a kid and, and you're naive and, and you don't have bills and you don't have kids and you don't have things like that, you know, you don't have uh, relationships, you know, like all this stuff, you know, like when you're young, you're a kid, all you see is what's in front of you. But as you start to become more and more aware of your surroundings and everything that comes with with that, you know, we all tend to get just a little bit uh, bogged down, or as I like to say, clogged down with, you know, just just uh, the ins and outs and the day-to-day, every day that comes with just uh, being human. And I'm here to tell you that, you know, um, at a certain point, you have to you have to let go. And this is coming from somebody that, that used to harbor, uh, uh, that used to harbor, um, not necessarily guilt, but, you know, I used to hold a lot of grudges for people that crossed me, hurt me. And uh, it just got to the point where it just, enough's enough. Forgive me, I live in Kauai, so, and uh, we have a rooster that just decided that he wants to be a part of this podcast he does this every time. Like he knows, like he's literally on my lawn. And, you know, he's loud. He's looking at me. He don't care. <laughs> Ignorant birds, man. But anyways, so how do we let go? You're probably asking yourself, look, brother, you know, it's like it's easier said than done. You're telling me let go of the past, right? How can I do that? How can I let go of the past? It hurts too much. People, you know, they did me wrong. You know, they, um, you know, it's like, it's like you gave your heart and they just ripped yours out. Or maybe at work, you worked really hard and they just passed you over for that promotion. Been there. You know, I mean, regardless of what it is. This is what I have to tell you. I'm 44 years old. 
And if I sit here and wish and want and be mad about every single opportunity or things that I worked my butt off for, I followed the rules, I did what I was supposed to do, whether it was work, a relationship, whatever, I did everything that I was supposed to do, honest and everything, and it still didn't work out. Friends, sometimes that just happens. And the reason why, you know, it's what I always go back to. People come into your season, sorry, people come into your life either for a reason or season. You know, and if something or even things, not just not necessarily, not just unnecessarily people, but if something comes into your life and doesn't stick, then it's not for you. And that's okay. You just have to be willing to let it go. Because sometimes what happens is as humans, like, like we get so needy and we want because we don't have. So when we finally get it, it doesn't matter what it looks like. We will just deal with it. If that person isn't just the way that we want them and we'll deal with it, it's perfect because we don't want to be alone or we want other prestige, something, right? There's always a reason why, why we are needy and we want. And I know for me, I used to fall right into that, that a trap, you know, until I realized that, you know, wait a minute. For as much of the things that we think that we really need, a lot of those needs are wants, right? You want to be in a relationship. You don't need to be in it, right? So it's like the wiring upstairs is kind of mixed around or twisted around. Like with life, you need to be able to stand on your own too. So this is the wise coming from the wise, because one thing that my mama always, always told me, don't never, ever live your life for another person. Don't ever live for another person. Live for yourself. Put your feet on solid ground. Love yourself. It all starts with loving yourself. If you don't love yourself, if you don't respect yourself, if you don't care enough about yourself, it doesn't matter what you got happening or going on, whether it's relationship, business, it don't matter. If you don't respect and love yourself enough to know that, you know, this is the level that you need to achieve. This is what you're looking for, right? You should never take second best. You should never settle in life. We're not here that long. We're put on this earth. We live a little short life and then that's it. Why would you want to settle throughout your whole life, right? Like, why? What is the point and the purpose of doing that? If God put you on this earth to have the best and only the best, why would you take second best? See, to me, that's not that's not good enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, for me, if I know that I'm going to work hard, I'm going to play hard. If I know that I am in... If I know that I uh, deserve something, then I will have it. Now, if it's not meant for me to be, I'm not going to be crazy about it and try to force something to happen that shouldn't happen. I'm not saying that. But you should always live in an aura and a state of confidence that you do deserve. Right? Because number one, you're a child of God. And number two, you should love yourself. Can't no one else love you until you love yourself. Can't nobody else help you with anything in this life until you know how to help yourself. You need to be self-sufficient, self-reliant. 
confident and strong in that respect, everything else will follow suit. Everything else will follow suit, you know. It's um because, you know, I have I have millions of examples, right? Um and we all do. But for me, I'm going to I'm going uh, to speak about uh, one for like like a uh, uh, work and then I'll talk about one that has to do with uh, relationships, uh, romantic, and then I'll talk about one that has to do with just me at a personal level, right? So for work, you know, and a lot of y'all know this story that I subscribe and some people that are new don't, so I always have to reshare. But so for about six, seven years of my life, I worked for a company by the name of Hawaiian Airlines in Honolulu. I love the company. I still love the company. I think that there's good people there. Not all of them, but there's good people there. <laughs> and there was a situation that had arose, right? Where I was told that certain job titles, roles, things, responsibilities were going to be put in my lap that I would have to do. And it was a big step up for me, being able to step in and be the agile coach and to do different things like that and help all these teams. So, you know, so I was hired in to be a computer programmer, right? Code and build websites, databases, all that stuff. But what came from it is, you know, the project manager at the time, who I have a lot of respect for, uh, she came to me and said, you know, hey, look, we know that you know how to code, but can you come help us in another way? And can you try to help us to do some team building, lead people to getting work done and things of that nature, aka call scrum mastering? I said, sure. I'm a team player. I'm like, of course, I'll help you guys out, like whatever you need. So I put my development, which I love doing, I still do to this day. I put that on the back burner and I stepped in and I did this role. So when there was a need for the role, there was a need for me. Because a lot of people didn't want to do that work because they tried to do that work prior and they couldn't. They didn't necessarily have the tools in place like to do it. They had folks there that were supposed to be doing that, but for some reason it just didn't happen. So my ticket got punched. So I started on this, you know, and they didn't know that I already had experience doing this. I had like some years of experience, you know, it was with a lot smaller teams. So, you know, this would have been the first time where I did this with big teams. So the long and short of it basically is I go through this whole thing and I make this my new career path. Right. I work hard at it. I was good at what I did. A lot of people had commended me on it, wanted me to be in a more expansive role and to do more, uh, you know, because what they were getting uh, to date wasn't like sufficient enough or wasn't good enough. So at the point, you know, or at that time, I had reported to an individual that was responsible like for that. So I said, okay, yeah, you know. So pretty much it felt like a lot of the duties were being offloaded to me. A lot of the functional duties of having to actually go meet with the teams and do the things so that, you know, it wasn't something that uh, they wanted to do. And I know it mattered to me. I stepped up and I did it, you know, because for me, it's like it's not about me being seen. It's about helping people actually be better. And so, like, for me, I was like, yeah, sure. So I took the opportunity and I ran with it. 
in the end, what happened basically was the company decided to go a different route. They no longer wanted to have Scrum Masters and do different things, right? And so, uh, and so for a, a good chunk of that, uh, you know, it was the management had changed a couple a couple times over. So the management that was there when I started, I went through two, three, almost four different sets of different management, which is to me that's pretty atrocious in the in the grand scheme of things, you know. But with all that change came a whole lot of of empty promises and a whole lot of things that just got changed, obviously. And so and one of the things that happened with me was this position and things that I was promised and told. Folks, they went through this whole rigmarole. They were supposed to be like a job posting, all this stuff. All this stuff. It was crazy. And I'll never forget, one of my buddies in HR had stopped by and pulled me into the room. And they and they said, hey, you know, do you have about a half hour to an hour? I said, yeah. You know, so they sat me down and then like they told me, you know, hey, listen, I just wanted to let you know that, you know, this role that you're supposed to be in, like, we're very happy that that you're being like considered for it. But we just want to tell you that there is no such role that was ever submitted to HR. And I kind of was like, say what? Now, mind you, the whole time, I mean, I was told from my manager at the time. And their uh, boss that this was something that I was going to be doing. So for me, I was under the impression that, okay, well, this is something that I'm working towards. Right. And, um, the long and short was it was all a lie. It was a farce. The funny thing is basically that sometime later after I left the company, because I no longer work for them, certain individuals are in the role that I was supposed to be in. And you kind of look back on that, you know, at the time where there was a whole bunch of management change and, you know, people were trying like to save their own hides, you know, so uh, there was a whole lot of misdirection going on in different things. I know that I see it. And, you know, when I look at something like that, I honestly think that's shady as hell. Um, that's really shady, you know, because it didn't matter who the people were. I was working with people in every different department, not just IT, but all over the company. And people were just appreciative that I took time to listen to them, work with them. And I bring people together. For some reason, I have a knack for that. And I loved it. But to put a person on like that and then it's all a farce and, and it's a lie. Obviously, I was pissed off, you know? So I had to spend, I spent the first two, three years of my career, almost four, at that company, doing something that I wasn't hired to do, but that I willingly, as a team player, stepped up to do, to all then be screwed over out of something. So that put a really bad taste in my mouth, obviously, but what did I do at the time? I was like, you know, hey, no worries. I said, you know, while it wasn't cool, I was like, you know, no need to actually expose like the real because I don't think the people at that point in time were ready for the real because I've never changed who I was. I was always I have I mean, I mean, I've always been this way. So we move ahead and basically I'm still there at Hawaiian and it just becomes more and more evident that, you know, you're a good employee. You're doing the work, you're doing what's asked, and you're going above and beyond that. But, you know, there's always politics and there's always, you know, agendas and different things. 
the side friendships, all that crap that, you know, a lot of people in corporate play. So for years, I get passed over off of, you know, like, well, and a lot of people are are asking me, why aren't you in that position? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't make the rules. I'm just sitting here trying to follow it and make my money so that I can I try to get my little measly crackers and cheese, you know. So a lot of people were just not happy that had my back. And the way that I handled that, well, I wasn't happy at all. I wasn't happy with my and the superiors in in a question. I just continued to think positive. Because at some point, you really have to look at it as, you know, does this really pertain to me? And I'm not going to lie. There was a point where I was there where I had just, it started to really eat at me. Because I continued to just get kind of moved and passed over. And at that point, it just looked, it was more like a systemic issue than anything. Because with Soul Brother, you know, I'm not, I'm, <laughs> I hate to say this in the way that I'm going to say it, but it is what it is because I am who I am. I'm not going to kiss no one's ass. I'm not going to do anything, you know, that is going to, um, to make me be any different than who I am. Um, I'm, it's like, for me, I am who I am and I'm that way for a purpose. And I'll always be that way until the end of time, because I don't know how to be fake. Fake is not in my DNA. So I, and so for me, I wore my emotions on my, on my uh, sleeve. I mean, Every, everybody could see it. And when you eventually like can read the room and you can like, read the writing on the wall and you can see nothing's going to change. You know, there's a lot of deep pockets of, of politics and different things going on. I made the decision that that just wasn't good for my health anymore. And so I left. And I always get people that ask me, well, uh, what's it like working there? You know, and I don't lie. I like, you know, there's uh, there's some good pockets. But there's a lot that's not good. So if that's what you choose, then, then definitely uh, go for it. The whole point uh, that I'm making basically is that I followed the rules. I did what I was supposed to do. And I let that eat at me. And I didn't let it go for years. But I was positive Initially, I just kept moving forward because I always saw the good in things, even though I knew that uh, uh, there was nothing good happening. I always found the positive. But eventually trying to continue to find the positive when people continue to just prevent the positive. You know, when people are either like trying to help you or just uh, try and like to give you the cold shoulder. And it's unfortunate because a lot of people were just upset at me because I was leaving. They understood why, but they were just like, why? And because of the professional that I am, I'm like, just, you know, I just need to change. But in actuality, it was really just, you know, I had let my past kind of start to control the present. But I had good reason. A number of players and different people that were there, like when I was there, have left for for similar reasons. They just didn't like where it was going. And I'm not sitting on here trying to bash them, but I'm basically trying like to tell you that when you go to work, it's a business. And a lot of people think that you can go to work and work hard. That's not how it works. If you kiss the right finger or the right butt, then you get moved into where you need to get to. Let's just let's just be honest about it. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. 
If that's your cup of tea, then definitely stay there, friend. But if it's not, don't. If people can't respect you, the one person that has to respect you is you. Respect yourself enough to know that people are disrespecting you, which I did eventually. And Kirk out. Just be out. For me, I think I stayed because there was this hope and want that the powers that be would do the right thing. But with anything of that nature, it's typically a game everyone's trying to vie and fight for themselves. So why aren't you? I mean, for real. Why aren't you? It was hard for me to swallow that because I gave a lot of hours, a lot of late nights, weekends, a lot of just hard work for something that that I liked. I didn't care nothing about flight benefits or pay. Yeah, I mean, it was important because I have bills and I have kids I got to take care of, but it was more the love for what I do. But even bigger was helping people. I love helping people, and I think it's obvious. I just loved helping people, so... The silver lining in it all, even though it didn't work out for me in the sense of still being there as a career person. The skills and things that I gained from working with different types of personalities and people is something great because I've always been good with people. But, you know, there's always going to be some kind of restrictions or some stringent rules or something when you're not the one that actually has the power. You just got to remember that. And a lot of those those people and things, when they're like that, you know, words mean nothing. Action is everything. But that's touche, even for yourself. Don't necessarily depend on on, uh, the words of others and the actions of others. You go with your inner gut and how you feel. If something's negative and you've had enough, it's time for you to leave it in the past. Move on from it. There's no need for you to continue to punish yourself for something that you're better off not doing. And you're too better for anyway. And I'm so happy because it's like from where I was at to where I'm at now, it's like it's like a night and day difference. It's not the people that made the change. It's not the job, even though I have a totally different job. Right. It's my own insight and foresight into how I'm feeling and what's going on. How to go from being, you know, not appreciated into being appreciated, right? I mean, while most of it has to come from you, there is some external factors, let's just be honest, that help you also move forward and to leave the past in the past. So to be appreciated and to be listened to, you know, it helps, it matters. And even more is I probably will have the opportunity times two than what I would have had at where I'm at now to be able to help people. To be honest, I already am doing it. And it's great. And people appreciate it. So, you know, you also have to realize that sometimes you can get in a situation, not just work, but just even in relationships and things of that nature, Oh, which I'll switch to now is because, you know, it's like you could be in the right situation, but you could be around the wrong people. And no matter what you do, they're never going to they're never going to have your best interests at heart. I'm just I'm sorry, friends. And that's just the way the world is, because there's just a whole lot of 
crummy and scummy people that are just that way. There's a lot of selfish people that are only out like for themselves. They don't really care about you. And, you know, a lot of them will give you that lip service and tell you, oh, hey, I care. But it's just enough to keep you moving to do all the dirty work so that they can look good. Friends, you know, at some point, you know it. You know, you just it's up to you. Is it for you or not? If that's what you love, then by all means, stay, friends. But if it's not for you, you appreciate better. You appreciate better. You know, and work is not the only uh, relationship or thing that happens in your life that uh, can tear you down like that. I mean, obviously, romantic relationships or friendships, uh, they can be equally as daunting, if not uh, sometimes even worse, you know. And, um, you know, I went through one situation that, you know, it was like, oof, you know, and, um, you know, I was, you know, for me, I was engaged, I believe it or not, sort of been a little under four or five years ago, like to someone who I cared about, had a lot of love for, you know, and, you know, a whole lot of just weirdness was going on. There was just a lot of negativity in that relationship. My attitude was, you know, I always tried to be understanding and positive, always tried to find the silver lining in everything. Even when things were obviously just wrong and negative, I was like, you know, OK. And and in the end, like what happened was, you know, it just got to a point where where there was just some. I'm going to say irresponsible, but just unnecessary behavior that was being demonstrated that I just didn't want in and around my life. The way that my cousin put it, you know, he was basically like, well, hey, you dodged that bullet. <laughs> and at first I kind of took exception to that, you know, because I was like, you know, it wasn't just a slight on that person, but it was a slight on me. But then I rethought about it. And, 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 and then I thought, you know what, he's right, because had I stayed in that relationship, do you know how unhappy I would have been? You know, I'm not, you know, and I'm not sitting here and saying that, like, I have my life together. Lord knows I have I've been through my stuff and still have things that I go through. But the one thing that I never do is I never will pull in my personal emotions and feelings into a situation and try to use that as a scapegoat and blame people. You know, I'll just never do that. I'm too grown for that, you know. I'm very good at keeping things uh, compartmentalized. One reason is because I'm a computer programmer and that's what we do. <laughs> but the other thing is that it's not fair for me to push my agenda onto someone else because I'm having a piss poor day or a pissy day just to ruin someone else's day just to see if I can I could get a rise out of them, one or two, just to see if I could, you know, not have to not have to be held accountable or responsible for my own actions for doing something very detrimental in a relationship. You know, I've had a number of friendships that I've had to cease for the same reason, because it's like, you know, we were friends, but then now we just don't see eye to eye. And there's uh, some of them that uh, we don't talk, but they know that I still got love for them. And I'm connected, like, uh, still with them. And we chop it up, like, here or there. It may be in short spurts, but they know what's going on. And it's all good. It's love like that. I even got family like that. Right. And so for family, you know, and sometimes friends who are close like family, 
it's easier like for you to kind of sway. But when it's like a whole other like ecosystem of people, when you're in a relationship, the people that comes with your partner, you know, there's always a lot of negativity that will come with a relationship, especially when you're getting like to know each other's uh, uh, in-laws folks, you know, and trying to integrate into each and, you know, uh, to uh, each other's uh, ecosystem, if you will. So, you know, like for me, I felt like, you know, I didn't have any issues. I mean, I was good with this particular um, uh, person's uh, daughter and, and family and had no issues, you know, in chatting with my kids, you know, uh, my kids were kind of like, they wanted more type of interaction. They kind of felt like, you know, it just wasn't there. But at that point in time, I really didn't listen to them. I was just more like, well, this is who I love and care about. So I'm going to move forward, you know. And and I did, you know. Eventually, you know, uh, there was some things they kind of like resolved themselves. But then uh, there was just some glaring things that just were not good, you know. And one of them was just, you know, um, it's like for me, I don't particularly like lying. White lies, like to me, are are as bad as big lies. Lies lie. And I didn't necessarily appreciate the lies. I didn't appreciate the secretiveness that was, you know, happening and going on like with different aspects. So, and in the end, the way that I was portrayed in it all was I was the bad guy, of course. You know, I, you know, I had that label like put on me. Um, You know, I'll never forget. I was like, I was having a discussion like with said person and and we were breaking up and they basically were just like in a craze. They were just like, like they made this threat that they know people. I was like, what the hell does that mean? That you know people like, what, you're going to try to have me hurt or something like that? And I just got this weird look and I was just thinking to myself, my God, like, man, my cousin was right. If I would have continued on with something like this, man, or even not, it's like, that's the kind of craziness that I that I would have to go through. I mean, look, you know, I don't I don't get me wrong. I mean, when people break up, I mean, you know, it's hard. But to be making threats at people, you know, it's like what? But this particular person, you know, was just always worried about their image. Like for me, I am who I am. I don't sugarcoat. I don't pretend to be something that I'm not. Like, yes, I have an image, but my image is rock solid because of how I conduct myself and the actions that I actually take to make sure that I keep that there. It's not something that I glorify over. It's not something that I pray about. You know, it's like, it's just who I am. You can ask anybody that knows me, you know, and the way that I, I am talking right now is how I talked like when I was in high school, even when I was a kid. I just talked from my heart. So, you know, I mean, obviously I went through some character assassinations. I went through a lot of lying and and, you know, and a lot of accusations that, you know, like I uh, that I took money and I did all this stuff. And I was like, my God, obviously the ploys of a desperate person, you know. But I never changed my tune. I prayed about it and then I let it go. I learned from from my previous that, OK, if I hold on to things, that's not good. Right. So I prayed to God. I tried to make the best out of the ending situation. And I said, you yeah, know, hey, Whatever situations that we had all worked out, I said, I'm willing to be fair. And I was grown about it. And I said, this is what I would do. A year and some change went by. I heard nothing at all from, from a said person. So I'm moving on with my life. 
you know, I started having these health issues. You know, I actually started having the health issues in this relationship. And looking back on it now, it's most likely because of that person, because they put me through hell. And I went through a lot that I just kept enclosed and inside. I didn't share it with nobody. I just, you know, it's what you do for love, right? Well, that's a bunch of BS. Now that I think about it, because it's like I went through hell for that, and I shouldn't have had to. So a year and some change afterwards, I finally I hear back from the person, but not directly. I got all these lawyers and different people calling me. The person's suing me. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm being sued. And I'm like, wow. So I'm looking back at my notes and I'm like, I'm being sued because the long and short of it, they were making demands for things that they wanted that they didn't necessarily fully earn or was honest about. The way I looked at it, it was just a money-making ploy. And it was sad. So my health instantly tanked, obviously, from it. Because I was like, how could someone do that when I left it? Like, you know, hey, when you're ready to talk. Because it was one of these things I was like reaching out. And I was like, no, if we're going to do this, let's be adult about this. Let's do it in a certain manner that's fair for both people. Said person didn't want to be fair. I was like, okay, well, you know, I mean, until you want to be fair, there's nothing I can do. But I put it out there. I'm willing to do whatever is right. just need to talk about it. And when we were going through this discussion and, and going through breakup, all this crap, it was like, you know, well, hey, hey, you know, for me, they were telling me that they want to do what's right. And I said, okay, so what's right is we talk about this like adults and agree on something, write it down in writing, agree to it, and then that we move on. So, but it was a definitely beta uh, situation. It was, it was just so baited. In the end, you know, I wound up doing what I said that I was going to do, which was be responsible for my part. But I had to go through all this stress and stupidness for it. Maybe the person had to try to send a message or something. You know, I'm like, I don't know. You know, they also had made a remark about uh, my race and my color. Made some, some accusations alluding to facts that would ask us how we are. And I'm like, who the hell is we? So there was a lot of different things that was kind of encroached up in all this. It was like, you, you know, it was like, wow. But at the end, you know, after all that fail, and that's what I call it, fail. You know, I just was like, you know, I learned a lot from that. And what I basically learned, like, from all that was that, you know, I'm a good-ass person. Honest, never swayed, never changed who I was. I was good to all their people, friends and family. I was good to them. Everything, respectful. I never changed who I was. And despite it all, throughout it all, even in the end, I still did what I said I was going to do, and I still did what was right. While my character was being assassinated, and I was being probably just talked about like a dog, which is okay. I honestly wish that person the best and success in life. I honestly do. You know, I can sit here and say that they need help, and I can say all those things, but you know, in their reality, nothing's wrong. In my reality, I can see what's wrong. 
I've always been a good judge of character, right? I've always done the right thing, even when I don't want to, always. That's, that's never been anything that I've ever had an issue with. So it's just really funny, you know? And, you know, whenever you uh, go through these things with a woman, when a woman's scorned, you know, hey, I'm telling you, fellas, you see it all. You see it all. I'm sure that we've all been through situations like that from a romantic sense that turned real sour, like really quick. But the whole time, no lie. After the breakup, yeah, it hurt me for a while because I gave my heart. And that particular person just was really cold about just like wanting just to stop it and, you know, not go out anymore. So I gave them what they wanted. And apparently uh, they bounced back enough to like, you know, uh, go after me. But I really appreciated that happening because it just let me know that even despite the pandemic, which was which was at the height. And I was so ill then. When uh, my partner then at the time was sick, I went to all of her appointments uh, that I could and I was there for her. But when I was sick. MIA never showed up, left me to just hang. So there was a lot of things that I saw. And basically, friends, you know, when that relationship was over, like any normal person, yes, I grieved. Because at one point I did have emotional feelings for them. But... You know, the way that I grieved, I grieved for like a couple of weeks. It was tough. It was really, it wasn't necessarily missing the person, but it was more m- missing the ideal of uh, of actually having a person that you cared about, loved and stuff in your life. But more importantly, it was just the family that came with it, not just theirs, but, but mine and the mingling of it, you know, that hurt me worse than anything because I was really close with this person's daughter, you know, and it was just a shame. You know, I hit him up on Instagram that day and I said, yo, you know, this is what happened. And I said, you know, I just want you to know, I always love you, always, always got you back. You know, but I said, you know, I said, I don't know how things like this go, but I said, probably not a good thing for us to talk. And uh, this uh, girl, this daughter, more mature than her mother, I got so much respect for her and love, you know. I was just like, you know, I'm sorry that I couldn't like do more. And she says, no, you were awesome. So, you know, it comes down to, and it wasn't that I needed that, but it was good to hear that, you know, because it was like, you know, yeah, I did everything that I could. So that relationship, I left it. I grieved and then I moved on. After a couple few weeks, I wasn't out dating people. I didn't date no one for like a year and a half after that. I just uh, mind my own business. It was the pandemic anyway. I wouldn't try and like uh, to hook up with nobody, you know. I just did me, which leads me into like from the personal standpoint of when things don't go your way, you know. When I did my grieving and everything off of that breakup, you know, what I had to do was I had to, for me, I had to bring it back home. And what I mean by bring it back home is I had to look back inside of me 
that particular person who I was with needed an individual in their life to be able to feel whole. I was already whole, y'all. I didn't need another person in my life to make me a whole person. I took my hit, you know what I'm saying? And then I bounced right back. That's when that's when I started going ham on Soul Brother, just going after it, just getting into it, you know. And I got into kind of a good routine. I couldn't really go see people. I couldn't I couldn't go visit my kids because, I mean, here in Honolulu, well, we're not here, but when I lived in Honolulu, man, you talk about COVID. It was crazy. It was crazy. We have a lot of military and military people think that, you know, well, you know, hey. It ain't going to happen to me. And they're always moving and they're always about. And there's that stigma, especially there. So I'm not trying to be disrespectful to any of our armed service because I love you all. But they're in, in Honolulu, you know, especially over in the Kailua side. They just, even though it was like stay away from people and keep six feet. Now you wouldn't see that. Maybe out at bars and everything is like crazy. So... You know, so it's me. I'm doing my own thing. I'm going to these doctors. It's it's scary. Doctors are telling me, you know, hey, you might have cancer. I'm like, holy crap. I went from from this being in a loving relationship to having some symptoms now to possibly having cancer. So I get in and I see the oncologist there, uh, Dr. Louis at Castle. Much love and respect to him, to Dr. Lowe. My pulmonologist, much love and respect to him. Those two guys, I tell you, they didn't just help me medically, but they helped keep me sane. They'd always check on me like father figures. And when I did see them and their nurses too, love to all of them, they were just there. They just had my back. They understood my, my situation and they knew the stress that I was under. Right. And so at some point, you know, I was meeting with Dr. Louie, actually. He's uh, he's the oncologist. And he's basically like, hey, Mitchell, you know, like uh, a Japanese guy. Um, really awesome. You know, and um, he basically was just like, hey, uh, you know, he could see that I was down. He could see that I was kind of like depressed. And it wasn't it wasn't about like the breakup because I was so over that in like a month. But it was more just my health and not having answers. He was like, look, he's like, he's like, I understand that you don't have answers right now. He's like, I know that we're running all these tests and that, you know, this is scary. I know that you don't have any family that you can really turn to. I know that you're on your own. But he said, you know, there's one thing that you got to just keep in mind, you know, and he had to remind me of this. You know, he was like, he asked me if I was a faithful person. I said, yeah, I said, I haven't been to church, obviously, because of the pandemic. He was like, he was like, just don't forget about that. We talked about that, a number of things, NBA. I mean, you talk about lifting spirits, you know. He's in the business of cancer. He's in the business of seeing people sick, telling people that they're not going to be around uh, this time next year. So he understood where my psyche was and where my mind was. He knew all about all of all of uh, the um, uh, legal, you know, like issues also. And he was like, he's like, he's like, that's just tragic that, you know, you did all that and that's what you got to go through. And so he knew that a lot of that was just weighing on me. And these tests were showing, you know, the stress from the situations of being sick and that breakup was just, it was crazy. You know, it, I mean, literally stress is a killer, y'all. 
Don't F with stress. If you're stressed, find ways to de-stress. Go play video games. Go run. Go walk. Call some family. Do something. But at that point for me, I didn't have that. I didn't have that. So I had to rely on things that I knew that I had to do, like like uh, shooting hoops and, and doing different things. But the more and more that I kept doing that, like my health wasn't really where it was. So I couldn't really do those things. So I just started getting down. And let me tell you, you know, that jolt of energy from, from the dog was what I needed. You know, sitting there telling me. He didn't have to tell me that. He didn't, you know, but he cares. He, he cared. So sometimes, friends, just sometimes, you know, you have to realize that life is going to be hard and it's going to get at you. But you can't let it get at you. And I know I say that and I know I sound weird, but you, you get what I'm saying. Life is going to... Life is going to bring you down, but sometimes you just can't let it. You have to find ways to just keep trucking, keep pushing. It's hard. There's no right or wrong way to do it. So how did you bounce back, uh, soul brother? Well, you know, like I would always talk to my kids when they wanted to talk to me. Shout out to the Bean and Baby. Love y'all. <laughs> I always got to get that in every podcast so that uh, they know that, that I'm thinking about them, but you know, like we would always talk, we'd do FaceTime, we'd do Zoom, Skype, whatever it was, Teams, whatever. And then the pandemic slowly started getting better. So then, you know, because we weren't in each other's bubble, we kind of just uh, took a chance. I would go in and see them at their house, but there was this courtyard. So uh, they would be on one side of the courtyard, I would be on the other side. And we would still mingle, but we wouldn't hug or nothing, but we would give air hugs. So I used to walk up and I used to kind of put my hands in kind of a position that looked like I was giving them a hug. And then I would just kind of like repeat that back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And my youngest would do that and my oldest. And then we'd just sit there and talk story, you know, or maybe we would go and if there was like some rocks or something in there, they would just go and kick the rocks around, you know. And so, and we looked forward to that. Then we built on that, you know. It got to the point where the pandemic got a little better. So we were able to go and actually do things together. Because remember, this whole time, right? I'm running all these tests for cancer, all this stuff. So my immune system is shot. I don't have one. So any small little thing, it was causing me to get sniffles, everything. And my kids were resilient and giving me that time to actually do what I needed to do to make myself right. Shout out to my ex-wife, you know, also for like, of being understanding of that. It was it was tough for, for all of us. For her, for me, for the girls, for all of us. So, you know, and so the things that I learned from that is basically that, you know, even though I'm in a crappy place right now in life, I'm not going to be here forever. And sometimes we forget that. But the goodness of other people, when when there's good people in your life, I mean truly good people, not people that talk about being good, but people that are good. Like you would think, your ex and you, oh, you guys are cool like that? Yeah, we have our moments. But yeah, when it comes to our daughters, yeah. Yeah, we do the damn thing. We get it done. Will we ever be together? No, never. In a romantic sense, no, never again. We're just not right for each other. But we both have respect for one another. But I know that if something happens or goes down, that she would have my back and she knows I would have hers. And my kids know that, that like, 
no matter what name that, that they give me, dad, father, sire. Yeah, my youngest calls me sire, y'all. Sire. <laughs> but they know I got their back instantly, right? Uplifting me and giving me that small little feedback, that small little good, good, like to keep me right. I used to go for rides by myself just to get out in my car, roll down the windows, take my iPod at the time, turn up my car speakers. I don't have a system. I would be bumping no matter what it was, some Bruno Mars, something positive, something positive, riding through all of Oahu, doing what I do. That got me through the pandemic. That got me through those hard times where I just was like, man, I had built on things from the beginning of time when I started, you know, having all these stressful times living at the time in Oahu. It kind of culminated in these examples that I've shared. Each of these happened uh, consecutively. It built into something that I'm like, oh. it's like I instantly went into just handle it mode. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've always been that way. Even when I moved to Honolulu, when there was no pandemic a long time ago, and I had to fend for myself, I would look forward every night to figuring out how I was going to get through the night. And I know that sounds weird, but if you think about that, there's kind of like a goodness in that, in the fact that it's like I traded in that like I treated every day as like a different day, totally different, which you should, but I was positive every day. Why? Because number one, I'm living in Hawaii, first and foremost, but number two, I'm near my kids, but number three, I'm alive. And when you can break it down into being appreciative for the small things that you have in life, not the Nintendo Switches or the BMW or the money or the side accounts or crap like that, or having a girlfriend or all this other stuff that you all think matters. No, actually having life and actually having peace and being happy, but more importantly, loving yourself, man. Loving yourself enough to be patient with yourself. That's where it is, man. And I had learned ever since I moved to Honolulu in 2011, the different things that I went through, the things that I went through at Hawaiian, the things that I went through with the ex-fiance, uh, the things that I went through when I was on my own struggling with my health and not having anybody. I was patient. I loved myself. I continued to pray to God every day. There wasn't one day. There hasn't ever been one day that I haven't said thank you, God, or prayed to him, ever. I mean, ever since all this started in 2011, even before that, yes, I love God. But, you know, at the same time, in those days, which I call like the good old days, I took things for granted. I just knew that things were going to be there. But in 2011, when my whole world flipped upside down and I took those three suitcases, the backpack and an iPhone, I didn't know where I was going to sleep, how I was going to eat. Oh, yeah, you humble up real quick, friends. You humble up real quick. No one will ever know the struggle that I went through. Even though I tell you some of it right now, it's not all of it. I'd be here forever telling you everything. But that has shaped it and molded me. That gave me character. That, that just added to the character that I already had. It reinforced the fact that I know I'm a good person. 
And no matter what other people want to do or say about me, it don't matter what they say. Let them hate. Let them hate on me. Let them sue me or let them I try to screw me over. It don't matter. Do it. You do you. Because I'm going to definitely do me. And I got through that pandemic positive every day. And if you look at it now, from everything that I went through and where I'm at now, I didn't ask God for anything. I just prayed and I said, thank you for today. And I just prayed, God, honestly, I only prayed for just good favor. I didn't ask him for money, fortunately. I just said, I just find, you know, hey, God, I just pray that you find good favor for me today. And literally, what that means is basically just you find the goodness that should be for me today in this day of my life. Because that's all that you need. And look at what God has done, y'all. God's put me in a position of power once again. And not necessarily the power to reign over others. But just the power in my life to have control of my life, emotions. And that, yes, the things of old happen. I don't miss them. They help to make me who I am now and reinforce who I am now. And look at God. He sent me a beautiful woman who I call my queen. That definitely has a solid future uh, with me. Not like anyone who I've had in the past. Isn't a liar. Not a narcissist or nothing like that. Just a good, wholesome person. Cares about people just like me. Not only did God deliver for me. He delivered me a brand new job with a brand new work ohana. God's still working on my health, but he's delivered me improved health. But the biggest thing of all, none of that ever would have happened if he hadn't have granted me the power of positivity, the power to be positive amidst all of the negative that was going on when things were not going my way. Or even when after all the drama had uh, subsided and I'm just in the day-to-day like routine of living in this pandemic and God getting me through, coming up with small little routines and different things that I could look forward to. And he's brought me here, living in a beautiful home in Kauai with a beautiful uh, woman who my kids love, my mother loves, my whole family loves, both sides of my family. My family's like, we ain't never seen you this happy before. And I'm like, I know, right? When you make the decision, friends, in closing, to close the past. When you make the decision, you will begin your future. There's no doubt, there's no question in my mind, I'm telling you. You got to keep a positive head about you. All good things come to those who wait, but all good things come to the good people. For those people that are trying to rush through life or take that shortcut, let them go. No need. No need. I let those people go. I let those companies go. I don't mind the grind and I don't mind like the struggle of life. I love it. It helps to remind you how hard you worked to get where you're getting and where you come from. Because I ain't never had no handout. And I ain't never going to take one. I work for mine. Then, now, and always. 
And I challenge you, friends, to be the same way. Be self-reliant, self-sufficient. You don't need no other person in this life for you to be successful but yourself. You don't. You have God in you. Always. All you need is God. And patience, positive outlook. Positive attitude, too. For those that know me, I love, boy, man, I love joking around. I love joking around. Because to be positive and to be happy in comedy, that's where it is. Even in the midst of just like negative and just bad, what comedy will bring the good out in anything? So try to find a way, friends, even if you're not feeling it, fake it till you make it, whatever. Put your foot down on something positive to grow off of. But it needs to start from you, not from somebody else, fam. Because if you do that, I promise you, you're going places. And your future would be nothing but the best and better for it. One love as always, y'all. This is the Soul Brother. Aloha, how's it? What's good, y'all? This is your brother from another mother. It is the Soul Brother. I just wanted to say that I appreciate your love and your support. Soul Brother is not just a blog. It's not just a podcast. It's my purpose. It's my life's mission. Getting out there, spreading the good word and being real. Always being real and staying so full in the process. So I appreciate y'all. Please spread the word. Soul Brother, S-O-U-L-B-R-A-D-D-A dot com. One love as always.